Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It was the hardest period for us because it felt like the world was against us. And here's the thing, we were against each other, if I'm being completely honest. That was a clip from the Netflix documentary series Beckham, which proved to be a massive hit for the streamer when it landed in October. The four-episode series is part of a wave of celebrity-focused documentaries that have ramped up this year, with Netflix leading the charge. It's astounding what's happened in my life. But the past has me in a headlock. That's pop star Robbie Williams looking back on his life for his own Netflix series. He comes across unguarded while sitting on his bed in his pants. But are these documentaries actually giving us candid revelations or are they simply beautifully filmed exercises in brand control? Irish Times features writer Patrick Frayne. I think they are fabricating an experience. It's very well made often entertaining experience, but it's all about the illusion of creating something real. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, celebrity documentaries, prestige viewing or PR stunts. Patrick, Netflix made several celeb documentaries this year. Hours and hours of screen time. And I suppose the key thing here is that these documentaries are made in cooperation with their subjects. There was, just a small example, Robbie Williams, Pamela, a love story, that's Pamela Anderson, Arnold, there's only one, Schwarzenegger, Sly, ditto, Stallone, and Beckham. And that was just this year. Other streamers did the same, though maybe not quite so many hours. But we had, for example, uh, Still, that was Michael J. Fox on Apple TV Plus and Ronnie O'Sullivan's The Edge of Everything on Amazon Prime. Why, why do you think this is happening now? I think it's a confluence of a bunch of different things. Um, it's kind of a natural evolution of years of reality telly, social media where kind of celebs have control and the idea of celebs as brands has become a bigger thing. And when that kind of has been running out for a couple of decades. And when it meets the 
streamers, something prestige kicks in. So there's this illusion that something slightly weightier is happening with these documentaries. Um, so you've seen it before with true crime. Like, true crime was seen as a really tacky kind of genre once. And then when Netflix starts doing it with sweeping music and slightly better production techniques, everyone suddenly thinks it's a prestige format. And I do think that's kind of what's happening with these celebrity documentaries. It's the cult of the personality meets... Um, a new or a slightly new format. So I was reading something you wrote about it, them and you said these self-produced documentaries, they're a new kind of carefully managed fame documentary in which celebrities create the illusion of loose, candid revelation while secretly giving us beautifully filmed hagiography. So that seems to say, in your view, it's entirely the celebrities that are pulling the strings here. Um, I think that's always a bit the case, like not entirely. Um, I think, again, back to the social media thing, I think people have become enamoured with people telling their own stories. It's like a huge part of the culture now. There's a notion, a slightly flawed notion, that there's something authentic in people telling their own stories. And I think any journalist who's interviewed a lot of people knows that people don't always know the interesting things about their own stories, which makes some of these documentaries kind of problematic. Um, And then also, this has been a perpetual problem. Once you have access to somebody, it sometimes becomes this reality distortion field, particularly if someone's famous. Um, And a lot of things involving famous people, even if they don't actually control it entirely, kind of lean towards hagiography, even if that mightn't be the original intent. And there's also just a natural thing that happens. I mean, even I find myself guilty of it sometimes. The longer you were with somebody, the more you feel warmly towards them. It's just a really innate phenomenon. So journalists have to be really, really wary of just becoming tools for the rich, famous person. And I think maybe there's a slight naivety in the criticism that some of these celeb documentaries have been on the receiving end because, you know, because, oh, they're self-managed, you know, celebrities are only putting out there what they want to put out there. But I mean, it's ever thus. I I mean, you know, as a journalist, and I'm sure you're the same. There's nothing better that when some journalist who writes celebrity profiles for very glossy international magazines spills the beans and says... I got access to interview this celebrity, but I wasn't allowed to ask about A, B, C or D. Meanwhile, in the background, the editor of the magazine had to guarantee the celebrity would get the the cover page, you know, and then five or six photo shoots inside by a photographer that the celebrity required. So it's not just on these streamers that and in these very obviously celebrity-controlled and dictated products. It's not just on the streamers. No, not at all. And anyone who works for a media organisation knows that if you have a famous person in a story, it will likely do better. So there's this, there there is a whole thing, like every journalist and every editor has to kind of draw their own lines. Um, I think in the Irish Times, just to give us a boost, I think we're pretty good at not agreeing to a lot of the things celebrities want, which is different from some of the celeb-focused magazines. Like I have been asked in the past um, that I not ask certain things and I have said, uh, no, this is relevant, um, particularly if it's something that's relevant to the story. I mean, I don't mind, this is slightly, and we're slightly going off track here, but I'm happy to talk about this. I don't mind if it's someone saying, I don't really want to talk about this terrible thing that happened to me when I was younger, if it has nothing to do with the story. Yeah, or and I family. don't 
or their family. Mm-hmm. But but when somebody says, oh, I don't want to talk about the stint I spent in prison, which I've had before, um, then I either say, no, that's, we are going to talk about that or I don't do the interview. I think the problem with some of these things are that they really veer away from quite controversial bits of the person's story, which are actually important <laughs> and should be discussed. Well, celebrities, and I think they, they justify the one-sidedness uh, of these celeb documentaries as, you know, redressing the balance after decades of media mistreatment. Like Pamela, that's a portrait of a woman. She's bruised and wary after two decades of having her body and her love life scrutinised by the press. So, you know, is that fair enough? No, totally. And and some of them, I think it's about whether there's an actual story there. You know, so for a documentary maker, a real documentary maker, I don't think it's just a subject and a famous person. Um, it's there's a story to be told about this person. So that's tr- definitely true about the Pamela story. I actually think it's true about Miss Americana as well, the Taylor Swift story. I'm trying to be as educated as possible on how to respect people, on how to deprogram the misogyny in my own brain. The really interesting thing about a load of these documentaries like uh, McGregor Forever, the Robbie Williams one, the Beckham one, there's a clear sense that they're trying to depict themselves as once again, and the Harry and Meghan one, once again at the, at the cusp of a turning point in their career and a belief that something about is about to happen. And actually it's kind of wishful thinking and it is brand promotion. Um, Miss Americana is actually a really good documentary because it's about a genuine turning point in Taylor Swift's career and it's happening, it's all being covered. Like you literally see her going from an apolitical country music uh, ingenue to being this person who has political opinions and puts them out in the world. Um, like it is very controlled. Like I don't, I believe you are seeing a percentage of the real Taylor Swift, but there is actually a story to be told. We're people who got into this line of work because we wanted people to like us, because we were intrinsically insecure, because we liked the sound of people clapping because it made us forget about how much we feel like we're not good enough. What I am suspicious of in some of the others, it's also a film length thing. What I'm suspicious of in some of the others is they are four-part, five-part documentary series where they are stretching out pretty meager material and they are trying to shape a narrative that suits the celebrity's point in their career. Is there a problem, though? Maybe. Maybe we need to invent another word in that celeb documentaries. Well, in the sort of the hierarchy of what you might see on screen, documentary is high up there. Like a documentary, we have high expectations of documentary. We assume it's mediated by a filmmaker with a point of view. We assume it's outside. We we come to documentaries with a lot of seriousness. You know, we expect a degree of gravitas. We expect sort of a degree of editorial distance. And of course, the problem here, that's not what we're getting from these celeb documentaries. Yeah. And and it's a bit naive of us in in the first place, because you're right, like a good documentary is spectacular. Like I, one of my favourite ones in recent years, it's not quite a famous person, but it's Laura Portress' documentary about Nan Golden, the amazing photographer and artist 
uh, fighting against the Sacklers to get their name off buildings, the Sacklers being the people who own Purdue Pharma, who more or less caused the opioid epidemic in America. There's a real story to be told there. It's really well told. It's an actual weighty bit of art. It is done in collaboration with Nan Golden, but there is something really important being talked about, and it's beautifully made. There's the Sackler family of the art world, the museum world, and philanthropy. And then there's the big pharma marketing and addiction and death. On the other extreme, I think what has happened with the celebrity documentaries is there's kind of been a rebrand of these documentaries. And it is very similar to what happened with True Crime. True Crime was for for tacky magazines on the top shelves of newsagents, and they with a little bit of better filmmaking and better soundtracks, they more or less told the same stories and we decided that they were prestige because Netflix at the time was prestige when it launched Making a Murder. I think with these documentaries, like say for, ex- for example, the Kardashians. I can't handle this anymore because I everyone is dropping left and right from all these schedule changes. She's the least exciting to look at. So she can be out is a different phenomenon. Their whole business is reality TV. And when you watch the Kardashians on Disney or the older version of the Kardashians, you are aware that there is some reality because they are talking about real things in their lives and some of it is moving and some of it is challenging. But there's also scenes that are completely concocted. It's not a fly on the wall thing. And the people watching, I hope most people watching, but I believe most of the people watching are aware that it's a slight hybrid of fact and fiction, uh, that this party was set up purely for the documentary. Um, with these new wave, this, with this new wave of documentaries, they're trying to get the gravitas of the old notion of the documentary. This is not reality TV. They're using techniques that are kind of slightly arty. Like in the Beckham documentary, a lot was made of the fact that I, I made a lot of it, that when I wrote about it, that like they constantly zoom in on his face. There's a similar technique actually in the Robbie Williams thing where they're looking at old footage. In the Robbie Williams one, he's in his underwear on a bed looking at the old footage, which again gives the illusion of candor when it might not actually be real candor. The thing that would destroy me has also made me successful. Touch the fire, push when it says pull, and see if I can live. In the back of one, they just zoom in on his face when he's watching Fisher Stevens, who's also weirdly an actor in succession. A very good actor is the director there. But they zoom in on Beckham's face and you are meant to, you know, you can look at his face and see how he's responding. Um... I think that, again, gives the illusion of an intimacy that isn't really there. I think it's like Derek Jarman's Blue, you know, his film where it's just blue. If you watch it long enough, you see things happening. And I think with Beckham's face, they're kind of jumping into the same illusion. Um, I think they are fabricating an experience. It's very well made, often entertaining experience, but it's all about the illusion of creating something real. You see, there were you looking at David Beckham's face. I was looking at his nice line of cardigans and how fabulous and tidy his kitchen was. But anyway, so look, you've seen loads of them. Is there a playbook? I feel there tends to be in these streamers. They have a formula. But is there a playbook for these celeb documentaries? There's, you can see at the moment, there is a certain, there's a certain, certain tropes repeat themselves a lot. I think one of the things they've done to make them weightier is they tend to have kind of sweeping string, kind of succession-like soundtracks. They are kind of quite well made. So like that motif with Beckham's face or the idea, there's 
the illusion of the illusion of intimacy is the thing I'm fascinated by. An awful lot of them will have things in there. Like if you think about what's being told in the Beckham documentary, there's nothing you don't really already know. They are telling it from their perspective. And then they create this illusion that it's somehow a fly in the wall thing. Although you know just out of shot, there are probably a hundred staff and makeup artists, you know, like with Beckham, uh, with the David Beckham documentary, Victoria is like sitting nearby on the couch and she chips in like they're just having a family chat every now and again. And that kind of lulls you into the sense of security. A few years ago, the McGregor Forever one, it starts with them in a hospital bed and it's all about this, like it, one of the motifs is it goes back to him in the hospital bed. The Robbie Williams one, he is literally in his underwear on, bed, on a bed looking back at his life. And again, these are really sneaky little ways of making you think that they are revealing things that I don't think are always particularly revealing. Coming up, are viewers being shortchanged by some of these celebrity documentaries? Patrick Frayne gives his thoughts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. I was reading an interview with uh, Brandon Rague. He's Netflix's VP of unscripted and documentary series. And he was speaking about the streamers dive into sports themed content. And then he talked about Beckham. And of course, for a minute, I thought, wait, why is he talking about Beckham? Sports themed content? I, you know, but of course, <laughs> obviously, there was sports. Uh, there's massive sports element in it. But I don't see David Beckham that I'd see him as this. Me either. Sort of I'm yes. Sp- I'm sports phobic, so my interest in David Beckham is he married an interesting Spice Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, he said, he he was asked about, you know, how much control, how much control does Netflix give away in this? And he said, we retained Final Cut in a way that was no different than any of the sports leagues. He said, we talked to all of the talent and the partners. We wanted them to feel invested and as a stakeholder, but also understand that our job and the producer's job is to tell the best version of that story and to encompass and cover whatever they think is meaningful. What do you think of that? Um, I think you can say it's like regulatory capture, you know, like when a really powerful business um, has an outsized influence on the actual regulators. I think when it comes to the big fame stuff, like I personally, as a journalist, have no particular interest in fame. I have interviewed famous people, but I don't find them any more interesting than ordinary people. So for me, it's really easy to say, if it's not an interesting person, I don't want to interview them. But if you're in the celebrity business or indeed in the newspaper business, you have to take an interest in famous people. Um, 
And I think they do give away a lot of control. Like whether, very, like not all filmmakers do this. And sometimes it's beside the point of the story. I'd argue in the Pamela documentary, the Pamela Anderson one, or the Taylor Swift one, there's an interesting story to be told. And it, I guess they're kind of collaborations. They are controlling it to some degree. With some of the other ones, I do feel like the David Beckham one really bothered me on one, because his involvement in the World Cup, you know, he, he was being paid a lot for a very controversial thing. There is no mention of that and no questions about that. That had to have been a stipulation. Like there's, I mean, I can't know that for sure. Maybe Fisher Stevens just has no interest in that, you know, um, but I would sh- be pretty sure that was like one of the stipulations. I'm in here from like 11 till 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, later sometimes, just grilling. That's all I do. There's also the ways in which they talk about the controversial things in his life. Like it is very much, it's a documentary about making him cosy. And it's hard to make him cosy when he has been the servant of a horrible regime very recently. In a sense, these programmes, these series, these multi-part celeb documentaries, they're really for the fans, aren't they? Because you're not just going to see that as you're scrolling through Netflix looking for something to watch and inevitably not really finding anything. But you're not going to think, ooh, Beckham, never heard of that chap. I must watch (laughs) that four-part series. You know, you're not going to think that about Robbie Williams. You're only going to watch it if you are in fact interested and know a huge amount already, I think. Um, in which case, why don't people feel more shortchanged? So you you mentioned things that weren't in the Beckham documentary. They didn't dwell, for example, on, you know, his infidelity, which his stars would know about. They didn't dwell too much about certain aspects of his footballing career, which diehard football fans would know about. So why don't viewers... Why are they lulled? Why are viewers lulled into this cosy world? And why do they feel more shortchanged and more angry? I think there's, I've, this goes into a much wider worry I have about the culture. I think it's partly to do with social media and the internet and the way everything has splintered into these different fandoms. So that instead of, like, you can even see the way some, some people talk about critics now. Like, I know critics are never the most popular people in the world, but there's this idea that you're not really meant to talk about something you don't like. So just leave it to the fans. Um, fandoms are huge, so they constantly have to cater to what the fans want. So if you're making a big Marvel movie... Yeah, you can allow your director some leeway, but you also have to tick a load of boxes the fans already want. So you're often giving people, it's like that old adage about Henry Ford saying, if you asked what the public wanted, they'd have said a faster horse. Um, So the fans often just want to see the same thing over and over again. And part of that is the, I think, social media reaction culture where you're constantly dwelling on the same thing over and over again. Like if you look, if you ever look at YouTubers, I'm fascinated by them, or TikTokers, so much of things are a commentary and a commentary and a commentary of something else. So there's like a hall of mirrors where they don't really care about what's new or about new information. They're just constantly refracting old information into new formats. And I think a lot of people are quite comfortable with that. I personally don't get that. But I think an awful lot of people are quite comfortable with that. I know people rewatch Miss Americana again and again. I'm a Taylor Swift fan, so I kind of get that, you know. Um, But um, I guess as a piece of documentary, you're looking at it in a different way. So this glut of celeb documentaries in 2023 
Is it all Harry and Meghan's fault? A supporting act is then stealing the limelight or is doing the job better than the person who was born to do this. That upsets people. It shifts the balance. Uh, I think it was on the way. I think the Harry and Meghan thing is fascinating because for five minutes there, they were the most famous people in the world because they were both celebrities and royals. Um, and what they did, not just with the Netflix documentary, but loads and loads of things. They did all that stuff on Disney as well, I think. Um, they were basically trying to rebrand and relaunch themselves in a really big way from being royals to be a significant celebrities who are more than celebrities. So they just had a higher stakes version of what a lot of these documentaries tried to do. I would draw distinctions, like I said, between documentaries that happen to be about celebrities and celebrity documentaries. What I would consider to be kind of quite carefully put together hagiographies with a, with a PR purpose. Um, and of course, the uh, Harry and Meghan's own production company made their documentary yeah. series. And the McGregor, the McGregor Forever was made with McGregor's own production input as well. Like, I, I don't feel, I feel like these are all really di slightly different genres that are being put in the same basket. I do think that celebrities will always fascinate us. As a journalist, I've interviewed enough people now to know they're often isn't that much mystery. You know, the, the ones I really like, like one of the other reasons I like Miss Americana is because it went into her songwriting process and stuff. That's what you ask artists about. Ask them about the stuff that they're really passionate and good at. The, the dramatic bits of their lives, that's all just a desire for soap opera. And I think what you're seeing in these new documentaries is celebrities just taking some control over that soap opera. And you can see what's in it for a streamer. I mean, Netflix, they had been heretofore shy about releasing their viewing figures, but that's changed this month. They now are releasing their viewing figures because they're going to start sell advertising. But they said that the Harry and Meghan series was watched, at least some of it, at least a bit of it, by 28 million households. They're so funny, though. Like Netflix, the way they've been releasing figures conveniently over the years, but you never have a clue really how well things are doing. You can kind of tell by how they promote it sometimes. But the way they used to, I don't know about these new ones, but the way they used to judge it in the past was something like if someone had watched 10 seconds of it, it counted as a view. It's a little bit like in the newspaper industry when we were counting just clicks because people would click in because of a headline. But the reality was we realised that if they didn't stay on the page, that was kind of useless and it wasn't a great metric. Um, with Netflix, they used to just go how many people click in. And I think a load of people click in because they are fascinated by celebrity and after 10 minutes click out because it's a bit boring. Well, Robbie Williams didn't find his documentary uh, boring. Um, he described watching his four-part Netflix series as a trauma watch. Um, not as traumatic for the rest of us yeah. as seen him sitting around <laughs> his underpants for hours and hours. But anyway, does that speak to a warts and all element that's maybe lacking in many of these other documentaries? Or is that just a confection? Like how much warts and all was it really? I don't think trauma makes things more authentic. I think there's also a danger that 
in that world where we are seeking authenticity as viewers and listeners, um, I think trauma is also the illusion of authenticity. Just because you're depicting suffering doesn't mean that you're depicting something meaningful. So I'm kind of cautious of that too. I am genuinely more interested in stories that actually illuminate something or are telling an entertaining story. Like, I think I really like the Metallica documentary from ages ago, Some Kind of Monster, because it was kind of about Metallica being in therapy and it was unintentionally, well, I think the documentary maker was doing it intentionally, but they were being unintentionally funny. And there was an interesting kind of story there and they were, they weren't, it wasn't traumatic. Um, do you think, do you think, Patrick, that, that viewers care that these celeb documentaries, so many of them are controlled by the celebrities? Do you, do you think people care? I think it depends on why you're watching it. Like fans don't care. Fans think that that's a good thing. You know, fans believe the artists or the, believe the, the actor's version of events because they've bought their story and they are supporting them, you know. So they, I think if you're a total fan of any of these people, you'll enjoy every moment of these documentaries. I think as works of documentary, works of journalism, which is kind of what documentary is meant to be, they're not great. They're not great works of journalism. Um, so, and that's, that will be important to somebody who isn't all in on the person. So looking towards 2024, is there, Patrick, any celebrity, you write about TV every week, is there any celebrity you'd like to see put themselves in front of a camera for a four-part documentary series? Um, I believe Spinal Tap are doing another documentary. Um, I saw something about that recently. I, I know they're not real, but I think that's, I would like to see a documentary. I like the mockumentary genre quite a bit. Um, there's I no celeb. There's no celeb. I think it would really depend, again, on the story being told. I am a bit more interested in in a story that has a point to it. And it being a celeb is obviously a huge point to the makers of these documentaries because it draws eyeballs, but that's not the point for a viewer. Thanks very much, Patrick. Thanks. That's it for today. For Patrick Frayne's weekly TV column, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by John Casey. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.